Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. gals this is the fear frequency i am one of your hosts ceo hayes but you know you can't have one a, a show without both the fear bros soon to be the film bros my brother jb is in the building what's going on not much let me just take this time right now i know you're gonna get pissed off i'm doing this but i'm gonna take this time right now and live on the air wish you a very happy birthday yeah fuck all that Nah, thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a good birthday. The the craziness is coming this weekend, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, thank you, bro. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys, if this is your first time listening to the Fear Frequency, we are a biweekly horror movie podcast that reviews horror movies. We talk about some news. Um, we are part of the Breaks Media Network, which is a lovely podcast network but a media company so you can subscribe to the breaks media network if you like this podcast and want to hear some of the other ones our lovely uh network provides you want to go and look at the breaks media on any of your podcasting platforms we have podcasts for sports podcasts for politics podcasts for mental health comedy podcasts we got a little bit of everything a little gossip for the women as well but let's get back on topic here let's talk some horror jb are you ready to get into the news for the week let's do it all right so the first one the the director from 47 meters down and the strangers pray at night is actually going to be directing and looks like writing as well for the new resident evil films i don't know how you feel about the resident evil movies we i don't think we've ever even like off air in our personal lives have talked about the resident evil films uh so what do you think about this news jb truthfully truthfully um I'm a, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel much about it. To be quite honest, I, I haven't been a huge Resident Evil fan in terms of the movies. I used to play the games on PlayStation like crazy. But the movies, I really haven't watched much of them. So I'm, you know, neither here nor there. But the fact that one of the guys that did Strangers uh, Strangers 2 is part of this, then, yeah, I, I'm for that because I enjoyed that movie. Okay. And, I, yeah, I, I enjoy both 47 meters down and strangers and the fact that he's writing it and directing um when it when it's a good it's because i mean or bull could could write and direct a movie and it'd be horrible but when it's a quality director and creator i really kind of like when when the person directs and writes the movie because it's them bringing their own vision of life whereas sometimes you know you have a writer and then the director is trying to put their spin on what the writer created this time it could be all one unified vision. Now, is that vision going to be good? I hope so. The Resident Evil films went more and more towards action, as did the games at one point. 
Um, they're they're both the games. The last few ones have really gotten back into the horror aspect of it. And if these movies can do that and capture that as well, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Also, it feels kind of awkward and weird that we're even talking about this and that, you know, I'm definitely going to give this a watch. But we're actually talking about something horror related that does not have nothing to do with Blumhouse. (laughs) You you know what? I didn't even think about that. That's (laughs) for real. Yeah, that's so funny. I just feel like he's taking over the entire genre. Yeah, on TV and film. Like, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, anything anything else you want to add in? Do you, um, Alice was not in the game, so I, I won't even say who do you want to see recast as Alice or anything. But just because it's like a zombie flick, do you, we saw a resurgence of zombies probably like two or three years ago, seems to be dying dying down now. And we're starting to get more kind of traditional and, and experimental horror and more psychological thrillers and stuff. Um, do you think that zombies still have the appeal that they have, that they had even four years ago? I think so, because there's always a new a new set of people that have not seen or really been into zombies. I was one of those people that was totally against zombie movies, leaving out the original um, Night of the Living Dead movies. I wasn't really a huge zombie fan. And then, like, I, I finally got into Walking Dead and I started getting into zombies. And then, like, you know, we've mentioned this this movie a few times, uh, Train to Busan. That movie was amazing. And that was zombie. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for the zombie uh, you know, resurrection, if you will. And uh, I think it's good because more and more people are going to, I think they're going to want to look into it. Uh, just a new set of people. Yeah. I mean, I think zombies are one of those things that it'll go down. It'll rise. They're never going to go completely away. And I think there's always going to be an appeal for a great zombie movie. So they just have to make it. And I think people are going to show up and it can really bring about a whole new rise in zombies again. So, yeah, zombies are never going to go away. I I personally love zombie flicks. I love zombies. No way. It's never going to go away. And, like, it's so crazy. Like, try going online one day. They have, like, communities just dedicated to, like, what you would do if there's a zombie. Like, some people truly feel like there's going to be a a zombie uh, apocalypse one day. There's legitimate websites that are and message boards that are dedicated to preparing and surviving. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. There's, I think like there was something that came out a a while ago, but like, like the Pentagon or something has a legit like plan in place for a zombie apocalypse. Just, just marinate on that for a minute. So (laughs) I, I didn't hear about something like that, which is just crazy. Yeah, so I mean, you, you never know. I mean, if the dead start walking to Earth, I got my basement pretty well stocked up. I'll be able to podcast during the zombie apocalypse. That's all that matters. Tequila and your mic. Yep, tequila and the mic. Just one mic. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next bit of news. This one's just a trailer uh, for Netflix's Bird Box, and I, I know when I put this on the list, you weren't really familiar with it, so you watched the trailer. Uh, so we kind of get a live reaction from JB after watching this trailer just a few minutes ago. What do you think of this trailer, JB? The trailer looks amazing. I mean, I've never heard of this before, but off rip, the first thing I noticed, obviously, Sandra Bullock is in this. She's she's a star. I've always been a fan, fan of hers, um, going back to, like, Speed. I think that's the first movie I've seen her in. Uh, so definitely a fan of her, and uh, the concept looks pretty cool. Um, I was just I just started imagining myself if I, if this was a real thing and what I would be seeing and what my fears are and things like that. So yeah, the movie definitely looks good. And what's more shocking, and you know, we were kind of talking about a little bit, is the fact that Netflix is like really like really bringing their shit because the movie looks well, like really well done. And the fact that this, I know it's going to be in some theaters, but at the end of the day, it's still Netflix produced. So I think I think Netflix is really you know kicking up their game. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. The, and Netflix is really prepared. I'm sorry, Netflix is really preparing for the fact that they're losing a lot of things that that they didn't create. It's going to be at a point to where Netflix is going to be more Netflix original content than content from anywhere else. And it's such a, a big difference from how they started. Like Netflix started as a, Hey, you like this TV show on NBC? Come over here. We got it here. You can catch up on all the seasons. And they're, they're really moving away from that to being their own content creator. And that being the main focus, they'll always still have some shows and movies that they, that weren't Netflix originals, but I really think by the end of 2020, probably 80% of what's on Netflix is going to be all original content as we see more of these streaming services pop up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, geez, I mean, I, I personally, I use, well, actually, I use quite a few now that I'm thinking about it because I have Netflix, I have YouTube TV, I have Amazon Prime. But I mean, other they have Hulu, they have like so many different things. So I guess, you know, I guess everyone kind of has to, to step up their game. And the great thing about this, though, is that everybody's just going to start dishing out amazing content. And the real winners of all this is us as viewers. When there's competition, we're always the winners in this. Yeah, the thing is, is we're the winners as far as like everyone stepping up the game to create content. But I think we're losers in the same sense of now we're going to have if we want to see everything, we're going to have to subscribe to so many different um, streaming sites and services that do we really win? And now you, you hear Disney. Disney has their own streaming service coming out. Um, on top of that, they own, they partially own Hulu. And then there's like something else that I read that they're that they're coming out with. And then they're thinking of like packaging all that together and then offering like a package of all these all the streaming sites that they're own that they own so when you think about it that's kind of that's what cable was at one point so i think we're going to get to the point to where traditional cable is gone but we're just going to be have the same thing in these different packages of streaming sites which is just crazy when you think about it well yeah streaming sites over the course of the last just few years have just completely blown up but you know what i would love to see and i don't think it'll ever ever come to existence although i saw actually i did see something but i would love if like when movies came out on the movie theater they actually had a streaming service that a legal streaming service that you can see at the same time i and i wouldn't even mind paying per per uh you know per movie or even like a a, a a monthly fee or something just that the fact that i can watch it in the comfort of my own home if i choose to do so the only thing i've ever seen like that is um there's this like home entertainment system and they offer that but the package was like twenty thousand dollars a month or it was something ridiculous i don't even know if it's still out and every time a new movie is released you can watch it out of the comfort of your own home hmm. hd okay. quality and everything That's wow cool. would you, i wish they had something like that but Obviously, I know it takes away from going to the movie theaters and that whole nine, but I'm not a big fan of actually going to the movie theaters and that whole whatever. I'd rather watch it in my movie, like in my own house. Yeah, and th- there's a there's another thing too, and I don't know if it pays, but there's a I think it's called Real Good, and you can actually sign into Amazon Prime, HBO Go, Hulu, Netflix, and show, like all the other streaming sites. You can sign into it all, and then that way you can have it. All you can just sign into one place and have all the offerings all in one, but you still have to subscribe and pay for each of oh, those separate nah. subscriptions. Um, so yeah, it's just the the way that we consume content is just going to change so drastically. And think about of our our kids, like you don't you don't have children yet, but by the time you do, your kids the only way that they're probably going to know TV or, or any medium other than going to the actual theaters is streaming. Just think about that. That is crazy. And like when we were kids, we didn't, there was no such thing as streaming. 
Oh, no. And think about when we were kids, if we missed something in the movie theater, we had to wait, what, almost a year till it came out on tape? Uh, on, on VHS, yep. Yeah. And now, yep. like, even now, like, they don't even have to wait that long. Like, if something comes in theaters, if you happen to not catch it in the theaters, it'll be on DVD or digital release in, like, two months. Well, yeah, like, well, first of all, like, I don't know about, I can't speak for, like, where you are in Ohio, but, like, here in Florida, okay, you miss something in the movie theater? There is another movie theater that shows things that were in the other movie theater. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, hold yeah, on. That that were other movie theaters, like, maybe three months ago. And yeah. then there's another movie theater that we call, like, the Dollar Theater that has stuff that was there, like, six months ago or up to, like, a year ago. And by wow. then, it's already out on DVD. So, you or um, Blu-ray, I should say. So, you're you, there's never a miss, ever. You, there's always somewhere to go to watch it, always. Well, yeah, we have we have this stuff here too. It's it's just crazy, man. It's crazy because I I always this is like my um my go to with a story like this is the crow. Me and my dad used to go to the movies every Friday. For some reason, we didn't get to see the crow the week it came out, and there was like another movie that came out the next Friday that we went to go see. And by the time I was like, Dad, we never got to see the crow. It was out of theaters, and I had to wait. I think legitimately it was like a year to the day. Till it came out on VHS. And by then, like, I'm back at school. I'm like, I finally saw The Crow. And, like, all my friends are like, you're just seeing The Crow? I'm like, yeah, it just came out on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're getting, like, way off top topic. But I just want one last question about movie theaters Um, for you. Do you remember what the first movie you ever went to the movie theater to go see was? No. No. I, I, I think it would have to be Batman. Like, I know for a fact there's pictures of me seeing you in the movie theater. The first one. The original one. Which was what eighty eight with Adam West? No, no, no. The with um now I'm throwing a blank with Danny DeVito's name. Penguin. No, that's the second one. The first one. What was the first one? Just it was just Batman. Um, with Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh Vicky right, Vail. I'm talking about Batman Returns. Okay, yeah, okay you're thinking right, of Batman right, right. Returns. I'm talking about just Batman. Um, that one I believe that one came out in eighty nine. It came out in eighty nine. So I still would have only been three years old well barely three because my birthday's in december so my birthday's at the end of the year so i had to be like yeah like two almost three um so that was that was the first movie i it has to be the first movie i saw in the movie in the movie theater that's cool yeah for me 89 was the same that's my first movie theater i um movie theater experience as well and you know what movie it was what <laughs> no holes barred <laughs> that's funny yeah good first movie though um yeah. <laughs> let's move let's get back on topic let's get back into horror um <laughs> <laughs> way off topic don Massini, i believe that's how you pronounce his last name finally talked about mgm and their remake of child's play now keep in mind he still has i believe he's he's still involved in the child's play tv series that's coming that kind of continues what he started um with the with the original films it continues that storyline um but he talked about them re- rebooting the film. What what do you what do you think about this? Like and his thoughts. You know, he says that his feelings were hurt over it. They actually did come to him and his producer and asked if they wanted to be executive producers on the new film. He turned it down because they have their own thing going on with the Chucky series. Um, so yeah, what do you, what do you think about his comments? I mean, how can he? They offered him. They offered him. I mean. He, if there are, if you, if he really wanted it, and he turned out because he felt salty or whatever, he has no one to blame but himself. If they offered him a spot and he turned it out, that's on him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and just, I'm, that's just my take. And this was my first time hearing that they actually offered it to him. Of course, when the reboot came out, um, like many people, I was like, well, why wouldn't they have? 
the people who are already doing it, like just reboot it. Um, because honestly, I like the the Chucky, the two movies that debuted on Netflix and streaming services. I I like those. Um, I, I won't say that they were great or anything, but I liked them. I think there was something there with a bigger budget. I think that they could have did more. Um, but hearing that they did offer to him and he turned it down, like you said, at that point, you have no one to blame but yourself because you had the chance to come on board and be a part of it. And I'm sure have a, have a say. And, you know, he even says in this that I did create the character and nurture the franchise for three fucking decades. Like he has a chip on his shoulder about it. They offered it to you. Now, maybe he has a, a big thing in his ass because they they decided they didn't want to continue the series that he's been building. But quite honestly, I mean, I think that the Chucky franchise could use a reboot like the, the movies. While I, again, I say that I didn't hate them. I, I, I actually enjoyed them. I think that, you know, it has been going on for my whole life. The same character, the same storylines basically be going on. Why not give a chance to really do throw a uh, can of fresh paint on it? And I always think about like Wes Craven with the hills have eyes. He turned that over. I think his son directed it, but he had a part of it. He created the original before they rebooted it. And I actually think that's one of the few ones where the reboot is better than the original. So you had a chance to do that here. And that the fact that he didn't take it, that's on you, man. Exactly. I mean, I don't understand this day and age. I feel like, uh, you know, you look back in the 80s and 90s. I don't feel like you hear you heard shit like this back then. Like, oh, th- these people are salty, or the ego's getting in the way, or they're having money issues. Before it was just like for the love of the content. Uh, now it's just it's everything is just different. It's about egos and it's about whatever you know what this this guy wants and what that girl wants and the money behind it and just so much bullshit and so much uh, politics behind everything these days. Yeah. And I mean, it's the social media age. It's the time. It's because we have more access to the actors and directors than what we've ever had at any point. Um, But yeah, it leaves a lot of room for just silly shit to come out. And I mean, hey, he still gets to continue his series. MGM gets to start a new reboot. Everyone gets what they want. I still don't understand the slight. I mean, they're not stopping you from creating your own Chucky series and your TV show. He still has his avenue in his lane to do what he sees fit with the character. Yeah, they're rebooting it. It sucks that they probably have more money. They'll get more marketing. But for the diehard Chucky fans, they know that that's going to be out there. I'm still looking forward to the TV series. I've honestly been more intrigued by horror on TV than some of the horror films um, as of late. So, th- I mean, there's a space where both can exist perfectly fine. And I think exactly. Yeah. And no one's going to be really confused. But I mean, there there may be some people who are like, wait a second, there's a Chucky on TV. There's a Chucky in the movie. They're not the same. But I think nowadays people are so they, they have so much access to to be able to Google and look stuff up or just be aware. There's not going to be one. One series shouldn't hurt the other, in my opinion. Yeah, it's two. You know, it's two different avenues, two different lanes. Let each be its own thing. Let you know, and and let it be that. But you know, I, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I mean, like you said, Child's Play needed a reboot. I mean, it's been the same shit since we were children, and um, it was about time that they rebooted it. And I think it, the fact that they're going to reboot this is gonna be a good thing. And I think it's gonna bring back a lot, bring back a lot of fans that um that would have probably left because they just got tired of seeing the same shit over and over and over yeah and i mean we'll be here to completely shit on the movie if it's terrible um, absolutely but, but i mean uh, I, I i hope that both i hope that the new series on tv is good i hope that the reboot series is good and fruitful and we get a couple of movies there if it's good and you know i mean we'll wait and see exactly <laughs> let's move now, on to now, our, go ahead yeah go ahead no no right. i was gonna say I was, no i was gonna say uh on to the next one yeah, on to the next one. 
Happy Death Day 2, the trailer. Um, Happy Death Day, the first one was a pleasant surprise for me. I actually just watched it over the course of this weekend, just randomly put it on. Um, it's a really good uh, kind of take on, it's like Groundhog's Day for horror, but I really, I, it was something different for me and I enjoyed it. Now, I have some problems with the trailer um, and we'll talk about it, but before we get into it, what, what were your initial thoughts on the trailer? No, I, I enjoyed the trailer. Um, I, I was, again... I- I when I saw the trailer for the first movie, I was a little bit intrigued at the at the concept. So I did go and watch it, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed the concept and enjoyed everything that was done. So obviously, when I heard they're making a part two, I was totally all in on it. I saw, and then when I finally saw the trailer, I liked the trailer. I don't think uh, you know uh, a lot of times trailers give away a lot of the shit in the movies. I don't think this particular trailer gave away too much. Um, it is interesting that. They brought back the um the the the, the um, Asian guy. I don't even know what his name is, but he's he's supposed to be like that weird roommate. And I don't know if it's like focusing on him a little bit in the second part. But I enjoyed the trailer. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I overall enjoyed it. I have some issues with the fact that it looks like she's going back to the same day from the first one. I kind of would want to see a different day, but I know we're getting it from a different perspective. Um. So the, the, I have a little issue there. Like I, I, we already seen saw some of those scenes in the first one like ten times. I don't want to see her walking out from waking up drunk the next day any more than what we saw ten times in the first one. So I, I and it's a trailer, so it doesn't exactly give the storyline perfectly. I, I'm interested to see how they mix it up. Overall, I'm I'm excited for the movie. It's just I just wish that maybe it maybe telling a completely adjacent story let's get a whole new character let's tell it from the perspective of the asian dude uh let's just do that maybe we see the character from the first one a little bit but it's still being built around that it just makes me wonder where it's gonna go exactly i'm not i, I don't want to i don't want to mash it too much or criticize too much only because we haven't really saw the full story yet um, I have I have full confidence that this is going to be a good movie and they're going to do it the right way. Um, I agree, though, if they do make this the same exact loop, you know, they call it a loop and she's in the same exact loop. Then, yeah, that's, you know, obviously we saw, you know, the same thing like 20 times in the last movie. We don't want to see that another 20 times in this movie. But I don't think they under they understand. They realize that people are not going to want to see that. So. I'm sure we're going to see what we saw in the last uh, movie, but just a small portion of it. It might be just maybe for 15 minutes, and then somehow she probably gets thrown to a different loop or a different day or a different event. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Let's let's see. Um, I know a big part of the second one is that the killer from the first one gets murdered, so that's really what what throws things off. So I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what the take is on it overall. Absolutely. All right. Well, JB, it is um, time to get into the review. Uh, we're not sure how long or short this is going to be, but I'm really excited to talk to you about this movie because I know we're on opposite sides of it. So we're going to go ahead and get into a break. We're going to play a little bit of the trailer from The Nun, and we will catch you guys on the other side of this. I had a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Valak, not all good. 
here. Well, JB, that was the trailer for The Nun. We are now in 1952 in Romania. I, <laughs> so this movie is a spinoff from the Conjuring franchise, which they're going to at this point, they're going to have so many franchises. Uh, it's going to be like a mini Marvel uh, cinematic universe, the Conjuring cinematic universe. Um, but we have uh, the character. The main character in this one is uh, Tisa Formega, if that's how you pronounce her name, which is actually she's actually the sister of of the main character in The Conjuring. Um, but I thought this was supposed to be a younger version of her. Actually not. The, the two characters are not related at all. At all. Um, but she definitely looks exactly like her sister. But JB, I mean, this movie, this film, high level thoughts on it before we break it down a little bit more. Um, what did you think about this film? So we're going with high level thoughts? High level. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I like... I like, oh my God, oh, I really despise watching this movie. And the thing is, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of some of the Conjuring movies. Uh, you talk about Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2, the second Annabelle. Uh, big fans of those, especially the first two Conjurings, huge fans. And then to watch something like this, I mean, we're going to get into it, but you're going to, I'm just warning everybody, you're going to get a lot of negative comments from me in this podcast <laughs> and this review for this movie. That is so funny. Yeah, it does have a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. But what's funny about that is that, yeah, the critic response has been pretty critical. But the movie grossed $365 million on a $22 million budget. I think they've already announced that there will be a sequel to this. And that's where a lot of my problems with this lie. I, I like the movie overall, but I f- this feels like a prequel to a movie that's supposed to be a prequel of another film series we got like like valak was barely in this movie that's my main issue with it is that this really wasn't they it shouldn't have been called the nun the nun no. the nun was barely in the movie or maybe maybe it's called the nun because the main character is a nun nah. or it becomes a nun no I'm, i know it's not i'm just talking <laughs> shit but it really didn't feel like we got the nun we wanted out of this movie and i can understand that critique completely Exactly, and I I just feel like they there's a lot of story gaps. Like I feel like there was no substance, and a lot of the scenes and a lot of the shit that happened here, it happened just because I feel like they were trying to fill space. Number one, for example, I don't mean to jump ahead, but obviously on this podcast, people would know by now we don't go in order. But the the Reverend, I'm the uh, the priest. I forgot his name. Father Burke. Father Burke. Okay, Father Burke had this side story about the child. You know, the child he tried to exit. What, what was the purpose of that story and what became of that? They never, there was no, never any closure on that or any conclusion or it was just something randomly happening. Um, and there was a lot of other things that happened that there was really no rhyme or reason to. And that was my disconnect with this movie. Yeah. I mean, and he did tell the story of, of the kid he tried to ex- exercise, but again, Why? yeah, but this thing, this movie, again, it, it feels like now the, the, and it, it kind of felt like this with the first Annabelle too, but it feels like because so many franchises have spun out from the Conjuring series, it feels like they 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 start seeding things specifically so they can say, "Oh, 
we may be able to tell it. We may be able to do another movie that would detail this story in two years. Like that's what that felt like with the kid. Like so, if we get the Father Burke spinoff in two years, that was that's a prequel to the prequel wow. that is the Nun. Don't be surprised, bro. You know what? You are a fucking brilliant guy. You know why? I guarantee, actually, that shit with the kid is going to be a spinoff. That's probably exactly why they did that, and they just gave a little bit of it. So then they could turn it into a movie. And th- this whole Conjuring um, universe, they're they're going on like Mustafa Akkad. Um, you know, they're going like that same route where Mustafa Akkad was the guy that, that owned the rights to a Halloween, the original Halloween, where he started just making movies just for the money. Uh, the, the, I mean, the movies were shit. Um, you know, Halloween, Halloween 5 and Halloween 6, etc. And but he was doing it and, they were, you know, he was banking money. And I think that that's yeah, not saying that every single conjuring movie after this is going to be shit but this one was absolute shit but like you said the financials were great as a matter of fact this movie of all september we're just talking the month of september in the history of movies being released on september this movie ranks number two only to it and it is like the you know the powerhouse horror movie of all time this is ranked second in terms of like revenue being brought in that's crazy it's crazy and yeah <laughs> Like I said, I I enjoyed the movie um, stepping back, but I can, like I said, I can completely understand the critiques if people showed up expecting to hear the story of how the nun came to be, the nun that we saw in The Conjuring. We don't get any of that. We kind of get some where we know that it's a demon and people sacrifice to it and the whole hole in the middle of the church. But I wanted to see more than that. Like we got very little of the actual demon that is Valak in this movie. Um and that's a problem. That's a problem the when, back- when it's when it's the title character of the movie. It's the title fucking character. Exactly. If they would have called this movie something else and just said, "Hey, you remember that character, the nun from The Conjuring and Conjuring Two? They appear in this movie too, but didn't title it the nun." I, maybe some of those critiques would go away. But we wanted to see the origin. We wanted to see how it came exactly. in. Like, and even 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 worse than that. Is that the way that they kind of fit it in to where um, the Valak attached itself to um, Frenchie, who then popped up in the first movie, um, who was getting exercised by the Warrens? Like, even then, that doesn't make sense. How did Valak get into Frenchie? Because they're, they're, it shouldn't have been. If they, if, if, they, if they specifically said that... that I, I don't know. It's just it, this movie contradicted itself a lot. Again, and it's funny that I'm saying all these critiques, and I was the one who said I didn't really hate the movie. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the movie, but that doesn't mean I, I can sit back and enjoy something for the visuals, for the frights. Like that's that's the whole point of why I like I like horror movies so much is because you cannot like the story in a horror movie, but the scares and the jumps keep you engaged in it, and you can say it's a shitty story. I can sit here and say. The story, especially because it's supposed to be a spinoff of The Conjuring, doesn't make any fucking sense. But I, I, I liked a lot of the the character. I love the characters in this movie. Father Burke, Sister Irene, and Frenchie as the three main protagonists in this movie. I loved all those characters. I love how Frenchie was a creep. So I agree and disagree with you with some of those points. Now, number one, yes, I agree. Even though the story sucks, that doesn't mean the entire thing has to suck. And um, even with this movie, some high points for me. I think Fr- Frenchie was my favorite character in this movie. I, I love the Frenchie character. Uh, Sister Irene, she her character, I liked her character. Uh, I think she's a, a really talented um, actress. I know she's done other works. Um, Father Burke, I really was – I feel Father Burke was that, that, that one guy that, that like – 
okay, if he wasn't in the movie, I don't think it would have made any difference, to be honest. Uh, the visual effects were amazing. Um, they had a lot of really good visual effects. Um, obviously, they had, like, you know, they had a, a huge um, budget on this. So they had really good visual effects. And then there was a couple of scenes that I actually enjoyed, like the, the one scene when all the nuns are inside praying and then, like, the spirit comes in, or, and you know they all get like thrown away. Like they had some good visual effects and some good scenes, but the fact that the that the story was so bad and there was so much um, plot holes and, like you said, contradictions, it took away. Also, I have to disagree when you're saying, "Oh, the jump scares were good." I felt ninety five percent of the jump scares were way like obvious. I could see it coming from a mile away because they did the same shit. Okay, you see something. The camera looks away. Clearly, when the camera comes back, something is going to be there. And nine times out of ten, that's exactly what happened. They did have one or two that was actually surprising and legitimate, a jump scare. But majority of it was just, uh, you know, it wasn't calculated. It was just obvious it was going to happen. I mean, I can I can agree that a lot of them were obvious. I think um, some of my favorite ones, um, when Sister Irene first sees Valak, that's that's a moment for me. Like, I love that moment. Cause she just looked and I think she started praying or said, dear God or something. It just her facial reaction and the inflection in her voice made that a great scare for me. Um, the one, like I get where you're getting at with a lot of them being kind of tele televised that they're, that they're coming, but I, I still enjoyed them. Yeah. Now, how did you feel in regards to, Obviously, we're watching a movie, and it's supernatural, so so shit's going to be over the top. But some of the things were, like, way over the top. Like, Father Burke walking, you know, outside and then randomly getting, you know, falling in a in a grave to the point where the grave gets covered up and the grass is on there. And it's just like, okay, everything is fine now. Isn't that a little much, you think? You, you think you think that they took it as it because i didn't i didn't take it as oh well everything's fine like he was legitimately freaked out but he was holding on to his faith in the fact that they needed to exercise that demon out of that castle like i think i i, I don't know i just didn't take it as them thinking oh well it's fine i think irene personally was just like Oh, is this grass? Or this has to be where. He, well, I mean, she saw no, no, the no. little bell ringing, but no, yeah. no, I'm sorry, the, the miscommunication. Not that Irene thought it was fine, but I mean, like, how could it be? Like, okay, he w- he went in the grave, and then all the grass was there, and I mean, the setting was fine, and then also, let's say Valak or whoever it was tried to put it in this situation to kill him. Well, then why would they put them in this? Do that, but then also give him a way out by having the bell there. If they were trying to kill him, there should be no bell. There should be no way for him to be safe. Period. That's true. That, I mean, but that that's a trope of all horror movies, though. So that I guess that didn't stand out to me as far as like the grass and stuff being over there. I just took that as the supernatural element. But um, I don't know, and that and that's part of the problem because we don't know much about Valak. Is Valak the type of demon who likes fucking with people before they kill him? True. Um, we 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 just we just don't know that based off what we saw in the conjuring it was set up as valak is just an evil spirit that just wants to kill what it can um it was set on the warren the warrens there and we still don't know that i thought this would tell the story of why valak had such a connection to elizabeth warren specifically didn't get that story at all um but you'll get you'll get valak's story in none for the prequel of the sequels (laughs) prequel but yeah so it was um yeah, I mean, we just we just don't know much for me for that to be a critique for me. Now, maybe later in the movie it can make it better or worse for me, but that that's just where I stand right now. Yeah, I mean, 
And the thing is, I was I, I never had saw none until you know. Obviously, um, our listeners on Twitter they voted for this, so I was hyped to see this movie because it's part of the Conjuring universe. And with with the exception of Annabelle one, all, all the movies have been pretty decent. Um, and as I, more and more I'm watching the movie, I'm like, where is this going? And uh, and also, don't get me wrong. The first like 15 minutes of the movie was like fire, and even like the last, I'd say like the last. 20 minutes i enjoyed as well but everything in between was really bad the first 15 minutes i would have loved to see more of that story you know where um the one the one sister kills herself um you know the one nun kills herself and like that that i found that stuff intriguing and then the stuff that we actually got was kind of blot to me and again the one thing i know everyone coming into this movie wanted was who is valid what's she about uh, I, I would have loved to see Valak as a regular person and her backstory, how she came to be this way, but we got none of that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm gathering that Valak was never a regular person. It was oh, just it's just a demon, almost like devil, the devil himself. Like I, I, I don't know. We I need more, and I thought we would get it out of this. We didn't. Um, but yeah, so something something needs to happen. Um, but positives, JB. I know. You've said Frenchie. a lot of negatives. Frenchie's the positive for you. Is that the lone positive for you? No. Um, Vera Farmiga's sister, um, again, I, I enjoyed her acting in this. The visual effects, there are some positives. I mean, uh, as much as I, I'm critical, there, you know, I love Frenchie's character and I love Sister Irene's character. Um, yeah, and the visual effects, those are really, I mean, not that many high points, but those were those were some high points for me. And that actor that played Frenchie, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else, but he was a really good actor, at least in this character. Not sure what his range is, but this performance has me wanting to see more from him, whether it's in a, I wonder if he's like, has a comedic background because his timing with certain stuff, not just like words, his, his facial expressions and everything is just, it were great when he went away for like, cause there, there was like a 20, 25 minute stretch where we really didn't see him. But when he popped back on the movie, picked back up for me a little bit yeah his delivery was was really on point like i remember the one scene where like uh something happened i honestly i I don't recall what happened but he just delivered the line like i'm french canadian and it's stupid but it was stupid in a funny way and he had a lot of one-liners like that throughout the the movie that it didn't feel forced it was just you know kind of second age to him his delivery and his timing was really good yeah yeah he's he's a really good actor so i'm look forward to seen more from him uh looked it up before i think he's like like 25 or 26 or something like that so he's, oh, he's fairly young, young. Yeah. yeah yeah so we can see a lot more from him um but i mean what is there any specific scenes or anything that you want to pick out from this movie and talk about um for me for me the the ending whole scene with the water and everything um i i enjoyed it but I don't know, something about it just seemed as more of, of a contrived thing to where they can just use it to get to their ending rather than it makes sense to the story. Yeah, I think they, yeah, but uh, even though with that being said, I still kind of enjoyed the way everything went um, and the way the way it, it, it they put everything together. Uh, like, again, last maybe 15 minutes or so, um, the whole water scene and all that, I, I kind of, it kind of hooked me back in. And just when it kind of hooked me back in, the the movie is ending. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you outside of that? Did you have any other parts that you were like, yeah, you know what, this was the best part of the movie? Did you have that anywhere in this movie? Like, yeah, this was the best part. No, and that's the thing. There's no, there's no really great parts of this movie. Like I said, I, I overall enjoyed it. Um, I think initially the scene with the 
What we find out is like a dead nun when she's sitting down and talking to them and she just kind of pops up. That was a scene because just the way everybody reacted to it, like this, what's wrong with this old bitch? Like that's how they, <laughs> that's how they all looked. And uh, it was just a, a, a real life, I think, reaction to it. But no, I mean, as far as like scenes and there were, there were really no amazing scenes in this movie. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say that it's great. And I think that this is one that I may, I may never, I, I can't see myself ever saying, you know what? I have nothing to do. Let me go watch The Nun again. And that's never. a problem in of itself. No, I will never, under any circumstance ever, watch this movie again. Never. <laughs> and my my be- my favorite part of this movie is when they started rolling end credits. Damn, JB. I'm being honest. I mean, I'm being. I mean, can we get to can we get to like white girl moment? Yeah, let's do. It. What, what was your white girl moment? My white girl moment is us for watching. This. <laughs> <laughs> that's you and I. And this whole Twitterverse for making us watch this. Oh, man. That is hilarious, JB. That is really, really fucking funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I mean, that's the thing, though, is that, like, can you really pick a white girl moment from a movie that nobody really died in? Yeah, there were. Okay, outside of, like, the first, first, first. The only kill I truly remember was the first sister that died. Remember, she went like through the doors, and she apparently she got killed. The other sister killed herself. She she hung herself, and if I'm not mistaken, no one else died in the movie. Yeah, because everything else were people who were already who were already dead. We were just seeing their spirits or whatever. Um, right. So there was one true kill in the movie. Damn, damn, JB. You know what? That just put all this into perspective. That really just put all this into perspective. Um. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let me let me take something back. Okay, the kill that there's nothing we do there. But if we're being serious for a second, there is truly a white girl moment, and the white girl moment actually is father is all all of those guys, father, but all three of them. Why the hell did they? Okay, I understand his sister hung himself. What was? Why did they feel they needed to just go and stay in the church and find the background to all this? Why not be like, okay, this happened. Sorry, let's bury her and go about our business and move forward with our lives. Well, I mean, they were sent by the church, so it's not like they were there of their own free thing. I mean, Father Burke call out was sick. basically signed there. <laughs> call out sick. <laughs> hey, he's a, he's a member of the Catholic Church. I'm sure they would be. Hey, we're just gonna pray over you, and then you're gonna go ahead and go anyway. Just lie and be like, yeah, I took care of it. <laughs> they could have done that. You know what? When we when they showed up and they couldn't like find anyone or find an entrance, and once they said that the blood still wet and it had been like. A month since he found her body. Exactly. It's time to go. It's exactly. time to go. How is the blood still? How is this not dry right now? How is the blood still wet a month? Like you said, like a month later. Yeah, I mean the and then and, Frenchie, Frenchie, what's he? he Frenchie did it wasn't Frenchie was trying to trying to the problem with Frenchie is Frenchie was ch- trying to chase the poon. That's why he was there. <laughs> yeah, Frenchie is definitely poon now. Does he remind you of a young JB? Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this much: I never, I never, I never I had to go to to be in this type of environment to, to chase poon. No way! I, it, poon, <laughs> no, no way! No way! People, people get ghosts and people get you know people spirits and shit. Hell nah! Hell nah! Oh, I'm man. gonna go. I'm gonna go buy my five ninety five Playboy and you know whatever. I ain't. I ain't going in you know haunted churches and shit. Hell yeah, nah. man! Yeah, that's so funny. My thing is too, okay, here's here's I do want to talk about this. So they find out that 
there is blood of Jesus Christ in this church. JB. Drink like Kool-Aid. JB. JB. And then this, the, the climax of this movie ends with her spitting out the blood of Christ onto a demon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that alone. I have all types of jokes for that that I'm sure that somebody will listen to, and then will this podcast get taken down. But I just want to say, she you, spit out the blood of Christ. A freaking Vatican shows up at your freaking house. She deep throated the blood of Christ, and she so she's a spitter, not a swallower. That's all I have yeah. to say, JB. Exactly. Uh, what, what's your overall rating of this movie? My what do you mean like one to ten? No, I mean like best movie ever, worst movie ever. I gotta see it. Gotta see it. You really? I'm surprised it got that. It gotta gotta see it out of you. Hell no. Well, okay. Here, here's the thing. It's 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 a it's a it's a go fucking kill yourself. Can that be a rating? No. Here's the thing. If you're a Conjuring fan, you're kind of forced to watch a bit just to stay within all the different movies. But if you're not a Conjuring fan, you don't give a shit about the series and it's just one off for you. Save yourself the the one hour and 36 minutes or whatever the hell it is. And don't watch this. Maybe watch like a clip on YouTube or some shit. Don't, don't watch, don't, you know, look up, look up like Frenchie's best, best scenes or something. And, and that's really all you need. This movie is not worth watching. And, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it's horrible. And for anyone who, who enjoys this movie as a fan of this movie is you need to really seek help. And, uh, um, yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> oh man. That is this or Halloween five. Oh my geez, bro. If you, if so if, if you were, if you went to jail and your sentence was, you either had to watch this or Halloween five at, at least once a day for the rest of your life, which one are you picking? I'm sure I would have found a way to commit suicide. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have, well, let me ask you a question. Like, is it Blu-ray? Is it VHS or what? Blu-ray. Every, let's just say everything's even. Blue, Blu-ray disc for both. I would it doesn't matter. I would have taken whatever it is. And when no one was looking, I would just crack the Blu-ray <laughs> and stab myself to death. Right with the juggler. <laughs> what about you? Oh, man. I'm, I, I say... Absolutely, like you said, if you're a f- fan of the Conjuring series, gotta see it. Um, and also because I, I, just like Annabelle, I'm sure they're gonna make a sequel. And I'm pretty sure the sequel is gonna be better than this one. Um, so you kind of have to see it for that. But I'm definitely not giving it the best movie ever. I, I'm just not. It's not that. It's not that good of a film at all to get that rating. Um, and I can't say it's the worst film ever because for me, there's some there's some horror stuff I like in it as just a pure horror fan. But if you're just, I will say this: if you're not a fan of The Conjuring, you're not a horror movie fan. You're just kind of a fan of a film. And you look for the best film regardless of genre. This is this is a. Yeah, go go smack whoever asked you to watch this movie. What are the odds that the people who did Conjuring contact us to give us like free stuff for advertising? Never. After this, never. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we. I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, we're we're gonna you know review some movies, but we're not always gonna like these movies. And unfortunately, when they're like this. We're gonna have to butcher them. Um, there's, it's not, and it's not always like this. There've been some, like you know, the last episode we talked about Purge. We we both were were pretty much fans of the Purge. But I, I usually can see. I, I'm just a fan of movies altogether, and 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 um, the beauty of movies and the art of of movies. But in when something like this happens, where there's only some some bright spots, it's really hard to review something like this because the and. 
the thing is, there's like no, there was no substance there. There was no s- true story there. So, really found it hard to watch. Yeah. Some some parts were actually unwatchable. Yeah, and I, and I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that critique. It, it 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 is some stuff in this movie that's just like, like really, um, like I said, I, I mean, I had problems with it too. I in no way am just a blind supporter of this movie, even though I enjoyed it and. I mean, sometimes I, I like bad horror movies. That's just me. That's part of the reason why we started this podcast, because I just like horror that much. And I but I'm, I'm able to step back and realize like, OK, um, hey, is, there, is this one of those movies that you're enjoying because it's actually a good movie? Or is this a movie that you're enjoying just because you just like horror and you can watch almost any horror movie? And it's probably the latter for this one. I'm pretty safe to say, but I'll never watch it again. I, I maybe if we review um, the Nun two when it comes out, then yeah. But as of right now, and I said Elizabeth Warren, it's Lorraine Warren, but um, yeah, I, I, I can't see myself ever just going out and saying I want to see this movie again. I have one final question for you. Okay, let's say we're talking he's here. Let's say you had a couple shots of of your tequila. You walk in the room. And Valk is there in some lingerie. What do you do? Walk the fuck out. You know, that's it. Just, just walk out. Yeah, just walk out. I, I mean, you want to point... try something new? No, I'm good on that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, but what about what about trying new things? No, broadening yeah. your horizons. No, I'm, I'm good on that. Valk, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm... All right, well there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it for the fair frequency this week. Um, what a little bit under... this was. A little bit under our usual hour, but we have some exciting stuff to announce for you guys next week with our next show, our last show of the year. Um, we don't know what movie. I don't think we've settled on the movie that we're reviewing yet. Is that correct, JB? Let's do none again. Oh, fuck no. Uh, you've been doing that <laughs> shit by yourself. Um, <laughs> but we have, like I said, we have some very big announcements coming uh, in, in a couple weeks when we do our next show. I also wanted to present this, I think... And this this may become a little bit more clear as we make our announcement next week. But JB, what do you feel about our first movie of 2019, us reviewing Glass? Mm, I'd be down. I'd be down for that. I mean, it comes out. It comes out the 18th of January. Um, so if we we'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll be our second our second episode of the new year, right? Because of the release date. Yeah, we'll, but we'll definitely be reviewing Glass. Definitely, definitely be reviewing Glass because I'm excited for it. Doesn't sound like JB's as excited for it, but we'll talk about that at a later date. JB, tell the beautiful people where they can find you, and also, you know, JB, you didn't. I don't know if you said it the last time. I don't even know if it was out the last time we had a new uh, episode of Fair Frequency. But you have a new podcast, so plug all your stuff. Yeah, so um, I do. Me and my cousin actually, Sharita, we have a, a, a new podcast. It's called The Naked Mindset. And basically what it is is just us talking about all kinds of different topics, uh, a lot of social awareness uh, topics. Um, we've had uh, – or we just actually recorded our third episode, uh, which will be released uh, this Thursday. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be um, basically this week. And, uh, you know, just give it a listen. Um, you could reach us on Twitter for that particular podcast. It's at Naked Mindset Pod. Uh, the first episode uh, we touched on rape, we had a – uh, our rape survivor as a guest. Uh, the last episode we did on interracial interracial relationships, and the most newest one we'll be doing on fears and phobia. So definitely give it a listen. I personally can be reached on uh, social media, actually on Twitter at the P one JB. That's at T H E P one JB. Go ahead and tweet at me. I can also be reached on all none message boards, fan favorite message boards. 
<laughs> and I'm CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H A I Z E. If you're looking for me, I'll probably be in uh, Vera Farmiga's DMs. Um, so that you can you can definitely find me there. Um, nonetheless, we are the Free Frequency. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Free Frequency Pod at gmail.com. And you can also check out again our network, the Breaks Media Network, on any streaming platform. Just put that right in there, and you can find some great, amazing, probably ten of the best podcasts on the internet. Period. So definitely go and check that out. Absolutely. All right, JP, a lot of talk- a lot of content, a lot of content coming, a lot of content coming, and then we also have you know you guys will see you guys will see we have some great stuff coming um but jb go ahead and tell the beautiful people good night and let's go ahead and roll out good night my love well it's time to go credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.